It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast, presented by Fetch Me. They're run by an alum of Auburn, so you got to love that. And they have the greatest variety of restaurants to order and get your meal delivered in Auburn and Opelika. So if you want your family meal delivered in less than 40 minutes, you need to visit Fetch Me. They have a fantastic website at fetchmedelivery.com and a very easy-to-use app, free in your phone's app store. Just search Fetch Me Delivery, and it should pop up. Use promo code FETCHME20 at checkout to get your first delivery free. That is Fetch me two zero no spaces. Fetch me twenty for your first delivery free. We used it this weekend actually, and it was uh, extremely convenient and very very pleasant. So be sure to check out the guys at Fetch Me. So fun weekend for Auburn fans. They didn't really have to do anything, and they moved up in the polls. So obviously that's exciting. Painter and I will discuss that in a second. We used uh, we're going to use a clip from his visit on my show Auburn Oplaka this morning from. Um, from, from this morning. So looking forward to that. But uh, a few things I want to touch on before we get to Painter. Had a, uh, had a question, a listener question from Jackson. And hey, if you have a question and you're not into Twitter, I know a lot of folks tweet at me at Z Blackerby or the show at Locked on Auburn, but you can email the show. Just email LockedOnAuburn at gmail.com. And uh, I love getting emails from you guys. A lot of folks have just kind of given comments and, and compliments, but y- you can send you can send questions there as well. So that'd be uh, that'd be great. But he says, "Dear Mister Blackerby, you don't need to do that. Just Zach is fine. Do you think Gus will adapt and start throwing over the middle after the terrible Florida loss uh, last week? Do you think that we will have a shot to beat LSU if our defense does what it does and our offense plays average but mistake free? Sincerely, Jack. First off, uh." I agree with you as far as the question about LSU. I think Auburn's got a shot if the offense is able to get things going. My big concern about Auburn against LSU is actually on the defense. I mean, what we are seeing Joe Burrow do so far this year, and he's done it against two good teams. I mean, Florida, which we saw what Florida's defense was capable of. Granted, Auburn played them in the swamp. LSU got them in the comfort of their home stadium in Death Valley. But I really think this LSU offense is going to be able to pass the ball on anybody. What Joe Burrow is doing right now, I mean, he is among the top in the country as far as playing quarterback right now. And so uh, that's actually kind of my concern. LSU's defense has not impressed me at all. I don't think it's impressed anybody. So I think Bo Nix is going to be able to move the football well against this LSU defense. I really think the big question is, how does Auburn do in the passing game against LSU? Auburn's going to have a fantastic pass rush. We'll see how Joe Burrow responds to that. If they can get to him early and often, I think it changes the game. But, but between getting, getting to Joe Burrow early on early downs and forcing third and ridiculously long, I mean, I think that's really what you want to do. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do that just based on the inconsistency in coverage. The front seven is great, and I think tackling – from the defensive backs is awesome. I don't think LSU is going to be able to do the whole throw at two yards and then the guy runs for a first down. I don't think they're going to be able to do that because they 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 can secure tackling. So I don't uh, I don't know I don't know as of right now I would probably pick LSU in that game, but we'll see one how Bo Nix responds to a loss. We haven't seen him respond to a loss yet. It was his first one in Florida, so he got a bye week. 
And then Auburn takes on Arkansas. Saw an article this morning on, uh, I believe it was Auburn Undercover, Auburn 247 Sports. Malzahn is 10-0 and after bye weeks. And I think it's going to move to 11-0 and against Arkansas. But you kind of you kind of wonder, like, okay, you know, everybody kind of talks about him not being a good coach, but if you play a good coach after a bye week, you're probably going to lose. I mean, we talk about that with Bill Belichick and Andy Reid at the next level. I'm sure Nick Saban's record after bye weeks is incredibly good. Malzahn's is up there. And so I, I think I think people are a bit too critical of Malzahn as far as scheme goes. I mean, he's, he's a good coach. I was talking about it with my buddy uh, up in Birmingham over the weekend. And, you know, this is a golden age of Auburn football. I mean, the past 10 years, if you take this 10-year clip and compare it to any other 10-year clip in the history of Auburn football, I think you're taking this one. I think you're taking this one. It's just the success that Alabama's had that's kind of throwing a wrench into, you know, Auburn fans being able to celebrate it as much. But it seems like every four years, Malzahn gets this team, whether he's an offensive coordinator or a head coach, he gets them to Atlanta. And that's the goal when you start this season. If you have a chance to win the conference, you've got a chance to win the whole thing. So um, kind of got off on a tangent there, but that's kind of what I, the way I feel with that. And then uh, will Gus adapt and start throwing over the middle of the field after the Florida loss? I don't think so. I, I just don't think that's who Malzahn is. I don't think that's what his offense is. I mean, he, it's a power-running offense, even though they have a hard time getting the running game going. It's still a power-running offense with some east and west motion to, to make college defenders make quick decisions. And a lot of the times, college defenders, they make wrong decisions because it's hard. It's hard to make snap decisions that quickly. So are they going to start throwing over the middle of the field? I don't see a, a huge personality scheme change for Gus Malzahn's offense just because they lost on the road to Florida. I think they're going to try to clean some stuff up. And, you know, we've seen the occasional slant route to to Seth Williams or some crossing stuff to, to Will Hastings. I'm surprised we haven't seen more crossing stuff downfield to Eli Stove. But, you know, I, I think that's coming just because I, we have seen that a little bit in the past, not a whole lot. I mean, just kind of in the role of Ryan Davis coming from that, that slot position. But I don't expect the offense identity to change just because they lost on the road to the swap. I, I, I don't. I know Auburn fans rejoice whenever they see a slant route called. And Seth Williams has had that number called. I, I can think of three right now. I know one of the more recent times was for a touchdown, which is the you know the double whammy for Auburn Twitter and Auburn message boards to rejoice because you know the slant route. Um, but I don't expect that to be a, a normal thing. So we'll have to see. Uh, thank you so much for your question. Once again, if you want a question answered, email us at lockedonauburn at gmail.com. And one of the things I'm working on is getting a voicemail set up so you guys can call and, and leave a voicemail asking a question and we can play it in the show. I'm, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, in, in just a moment, we'll jump into a conversation with Painter Sharpless of ESPN 106.7. This is from my News Talk WANI show, Auburn Opelika this morning that happened Monday morning. So if it sounds a little chopped up, that's why. But yeah, here we go. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. 
10 minutes after 8 o'clock, Painter Sharpless of ESPN 106.7 joining us for the next half hour. Painter, good morning, sir. How are we doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Both of us, uh, we went up to Birmingham separately, but it uh, sounds like we both had a pretty good weekend, so that's good. Yeah, enjoyed it. Sarah was having her uh, her birthday, so we managed to get out of town for a little bit. That was nice. Good, good. I'm glad you guys had a good time. Glad she had a good birthday. So, a lot of talk on Auburn Twitter and message boards that Auburn is ranked lower than Georgia, despite Georgia losing at home against a team that a lot of people deem to not be very good, of course, South Carolina. What are your thoughts on that? I, I understand. I, I think... You know, when you look at the resume, Georgia has a win against a top 10 team at home, that being Notre Dame. Auburn's got the win against Oregon and on the road against AM. I don't think the AM win will continue to age well. It has not to this point because they've got such a tough schedule and they're losing a lot of those games. You know, they lost this weekend to Alabama, but South Carolina is an objectively bad team, Zach. Yeah. And they were on their third string quarterback. So let's not forget that either. And Georgia losing at home. And that matters. So there's a lot here where you go, I understand preseason expectations are a weight. They probably shouldn't be, but they are clearly. And I think that's what Auburn fans and, and their team has run into. So now I think when you look at it, as far as SEC implications, if Georgia doesn't win out and win the SEC, I don't think there's any viable way that they can get into the college football playoff. I mean, there's been a lot of chatter like, okay, can two SEC teams get in again? And it doesn't seem, I mean, I think the most viable option would be Georgia and then whatever SEC West team runs the table. I guess LSU is still in conversations for that. But it doesn't seem like that's possible anymore. Yeah, I don't know how much the committee by the end of the year will value their schedule. Say they drop another game, you know, and then they end up beating Auburn. Is that going to be enough on the resume like Auburn had back in 2017 where they were um, an SEC championship went away from from being the first two loss team to right. enter the playoff. I kind of doubt it. Like their schedule doesn't match up quite to what Auburn's did that in, year in 2017 from a conference standpoint because they're in the East, and also because I know that's a top ten win against Notre Dame, and, and Auburn had a a top ten loss to Clemson that season. Mm-hmm. But the perception of Notre Dame right now isn't a great one. They had a, a close game against Southern Cal. And I don't think that really swayed much opinion. But I think a lot of folks are down on Notre Dame because they continue to lose the big game. And Georgia had that one at home. And also the the timing of Auburn's games that year. At the very end, getting a crack at two top-rated teams. I mean, that is a very rare opportunity, and Auburn took advantage of it. I mean, it's just... The opportunity to play two number one ranked teams in, in a three season weeks, right. is crazy. But in the same month and, and three weeks, as you said, I mean, that's just unheard of. And that's what I mean, that was one of the best months in Auburn football ever. I mean, that was it was incredible. And I think that's part of what Gus Malzahn will be looking at again, because not only did he win those games against top ranked teams, but they did it and they looked dominant. And right. they were some of the better wins that I can remember, because offensively, they looked like they outcoached their opponents defensively they didn't give up a lot of points in those games and then against Alabama your biggest rival in that 2017 game Auburn said Jalen Hurts beat us with your arm and he couldn't and so the Auburn coaches look great the players executed well and you know people keep talking about Gus Malzahn and what the end of the year will look like and if he'll be back for 2020 I think so by the way yeah I I think he's coming back but also you know I think if he didn't People say, well, what's it going to take? It's going to take not only losing, but not looking competitive. I don't. Right. I think close games, because of a number of different factors, keep them around even if they're 8-4 and four at the end of the year. I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you. I'm not as pro-Gus as I used to be, 
But my thing is, I mean, programs don't get better typically when they fire someone. They take a, a temporary step back. Sometimes it's a permanent step back or a very long period of time. So I, I just don't think this program gets better if they fire Malzahn. So that, that's kind of been my thing. But the game's got to play out. You know, there, there's already some chatter among Auburn fans about, you know, firing Malzahn. And it's like, well, you know, they're they're number 11 in the AP poll. And they lost to another top 10 team on the road. Right. Right. So, I mean, they're still in the thick of it. And I mean, in Florida, their, their competition with LSU and Baton Rouge, I mean, they, they looked good. They did not get wiped out down there like I thought they were going to. I think it was closer again. I think that's the second week. That's the vibe I got from, yeah. from Auburn fans was that Auburn fans were pretty peeved with Florida fans after the way they were enjoying their win. And I don't think Auburn fans really had the right to be all that upset because it was the biggest win Florida had had in about five years. And it was certainly the best atmosphere they'd had in, from what the reporters were saying there, five to ten years. Right. Um but I think a lot of people expected Florida to go in and get their comeuppance and just get run out of Death Valley, and that didn't happen. It was a good game, but LSU's offense looks so good, Zach. You think LSU should be number two right now? I think that their resume really – I mean, I don't think they should be any lower than number two. Yeah. I think there's a real argument to make that as good as Clemson and Alabama have looked because they're blowing most of their opponents out – but again, that kind of goes back to the Georgia conversation of like, well, what was the preseason expectation? Because based on what has happened, LSU has... They've come out of the gate, man. Yeah, they've got a win against a good Texas team at Texas and now another win against a top 10 team at home. It's crazy because that Alabama-LSU game, they, they used to be known for defense on defense this year. It's I mean, going to be 40 to 45. Yeah, the winner may hit 50. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the final was 52 to 42 or something crazy and like that. And it's not that they don't have defensive talent. Like, they're both going to put, we know that they're both going to have guys on both of these starting 11s that are playing in the NFL. You're right. It's not individual talent, but there's been. It's the way the teams are made up. Yeah, and the way that the game is being played and the way I think it favors offenses some. And Alabama's really, the last two seasons, been really unlucky with injuries. The second year in a row where the injury bug for no particular reason yeah. is just, you know, shredding them. They've got a lot of young people playing, and I think their defense will be opportunistic, and they're so athletic. Like Auburn, you know, I think in the best of years under Gus Malzahn, they've really surged in the second half of the season. Nick Saban's teams always get better. They're mm -hmm. always, and so we're only halfway through this thing. The defense will continue to get better, but you're right. It's not the Alabama defense we've become accustomed to, especially in an era where we're seeing more and more quarterbacks in the college game be able to, to really change some of what their offense can do. I don't think there's a ton of them out there. We've had this conversation, Zach. Like, how many quarterbacks are really capable of doing some of the things that we see NFL quarterbacks do on a regular basis. Not many. I mean, there just really aren't. But there are quarterbacks who can take over the college game. It's just not always with their arm. And, right. And then, you know, you're starting to see guys like Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Fields have been phenomenal. Like, those guys can, I think, truly take over a game. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy 
of putting a dish together yourself. I'm pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Staying on the topic of that Alabama LSU game as it pertains to Auburn, Auburn fans should pull for who? Which, I'm sorry, which game? Alabama LSU coming up. I mean, the, this inevitable showdown mm. that you would assume the winner gets the SEC West, but Auburn's still sitting there with one loss. Who, who do you think they should pull for? I guess in a weird twist of fate, you know, I, I feel more optimistic than most Auburn fans about Auburn going to Death Valley, but we keep saying this every week. Believe it when I see it. With Alabama coming to Auburn, I think there's a real chance that they can win that game. Yeah. And uh, so I think for a lot of reasons, because both teams may only have, I mean, I don't expect either team to lose more than one game. Right. And the thing is, I think think it's Alabama. You think it's better for Auburn if Alabama wins against LSU? Yeah, I just think it's going to be so tough to beat LSU in Death Valley. But the thing is, is, you know, Auburn's still sitting there controlling its own destiny. I mean, if it beats LSU and beats Alabama and, you know, takes care of the rest of its schedule, it it will win the SEC West. Yeah, I mean, all that's still at play because I I don't see LSU uh, beating Alabama because that one's in Tuscaloosa. And kind of how I feel about Auburn at LSU Alabama's just had LSU's number for the better part of the decade. They may right. do it. This year is a year that they could really keep up, and, and neither team's defenses are what we're accustomed to seeing. So a lot of this comes down to my feeling about Auburn matching up better with Alabama at home. Painter, you and I have talked about this Auburn-Arkansas game, I was going to say the past few weeks, but you and I have really chatted about it for years. I mean, just the 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 series itself is so interesting because Gus Malzahn loves destroying Arkansas. <laughs> right. Used to coach there as a high. I mean, it's well documented. Like this feels a lot like the Jarrett Stidham story, right? We Every time he plays Arkansas, that's get, this gets rehashed. Super successful high school coach gets an opportunity at Arkansas. Doesn't totally have full control of the offense, but they still play really well. And then, of course, eventually finds his way to Auburn and the rest is history. Yeah, for the most part, Gus Malzahn has absolutely thrashed Arkansas teams when he has been the offensive coordinator or the head coach at Auburn. And you found the spread for this week, and I think we both find it peculiar as people who notice that Gus Malzahn likes to beat Arkansas. Right, the the headline on AL.com is Auburn opens as a three-score favorite against Arkansas, and I'm thinking, okay, 20 is, is that the line maybe 19 and a half something like that but it's 16 and a half and I, that just that seems crazy low to me I mean just based on really Malzahn's history against Arkansas and you look at this Arkansas team I mean they are bad like they are a bad football team lost to San Jose State on the road questions uh, you know are, are they do they even have SEC talent uh, on this roster and so I think if you combine both of those things, it's like, I think Auburn's going to go in there and just, I think they're going to roll them over, man. I really do. So 16 and a half seems pretty low to me. I, I, you agree, right? 
I, I am surprised that it's this way, and I'm trying to think about what it is that Vegas is considering. Is it that offense that Auburn showed in, in Gainesville that, that has them concerned? And they played close games. They lost by four to A&M, and then they lost by four to Kentucky. And uh, one of those was a neutral site game. The other was in Lexington. But I, I just think that when you look at Auburn's talent, they beat A&M. They're certainly better than Kentucky. And uh, – Gus Malzahn's history would lead me to believe this one won't be close. It certainly, you know, I feel pretty comfortable. Like if, if you put it around that 19-20 mark, it might give me some pause. But I, I mean, because three touchdowns on the road, that is a substantial amount to win by. Right. But, but this, I also, this isn't that, though. I don't see Arkansas having a ton of success against this defense that Auburn has. So right. even if Auburn's offense still isn't where it, they, they, folks want it to be after the bye week. I don't. I don't see Arkansas getting to you know twenty one points in this game. Yeah, like, I, I'm Auburn there with you. need to get to forty. I'm there with you. And you know, we, we talked about it last week, Panda. Like, what did they work on? What did Auburn work on this past week? Like, I don't think they were worried about Arkansas. As you know, talking to former coach uh, Tommy Tuberville on uh, on my podcast. I mean, just kind of chatting with him about what's Auburn working on. They're like, well, they're working on themselves. They'll work on. They'll worry about other stuff next week. I'm like, okay, all right, so. This week, I'm sure they're just as focused on LSU the following weekend than, than Arkansas this week. I mean, just the talent difference is huge. The uh, the, the I think the scheme difference is huge. I, and you know, Malzahn has that intangible ability to destroy Arkansas. So I mean, I, I think all of those points for the Tigers big. I am curious to know how much time do you spend on a team that you feel like you should beat, but you still have to obviously prepare. You can't go in dark. But you feel good about the talent difference. And right. so, I mean, I assume that they spend most of the week on Arkansas, but do you get any sort of he- – because no coach is ever going to admit that, right? Like if they're looking ahead in the public, it's certainly a conversation about it's one game at a time. Thank you so much, Painter. And, of course, you can hear Painter show the lunch break every weekday from 11 to 1 on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. They also have an app. To search ESPN 106.7 for more daily Auburn football content. And of course, you can follow the show here at Locked on Auburn. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. I'm going to hope to have Locked on Arkansas's host on Wednesday. And I'm a big fan of his. I follow him on Twitter. I follow him on Twitter for years. I, I just can't remember his name. And that is driving me crazy. John Neighbors. That's right. John Neighbors. Sorry, John. I'm going to reach out to him. Uh, I'm sure he'll be down to do that on Wednesday, so another crossover episode. Maybe the Arkansas listeners will be nicer to me than the Florida listeners were. Man, they let me have it. I'll tell you what. But hey, they were right. I was wrong. So that is okay. Once again, follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.